right, welcome back everybody to this week's edition of American Billiard Radio. My name is Mr. Bond and it is June 25th, 2015. Do you know what that means? That means it's time to make it happen. Make it happen. The uh, AccuStats One Pocket Invitational is underway right now as we speak. This afternoon, the carnage already began. You know, uh, Justin Hall took out Alex Pagan-Lyon at three games to one. And uh, Danny Smith took out Shane Van Boning three games to two. And uh, in the evening session going on as we speak, Scott Frost is battling it out with Efren Reyes. And then after that, it's going to be Alex versus Shane Van Boning again. So uh, if you're a fan of one pocket, let me tell you, there is going to be some astounding pool being played over the next 72 hours. You really want to check into that. Sign up for that pay-per-view at AccuStats.com. Matter of fact, we're talking with uh, Pat Fleming of AccuStats a little bit later on in the show. So if you want to hear a little bit more about the match and how that all unfolded, stick around and listen for that. And uh, in the meantime, I want to let you know also you can help make it happen for this year for this year's 14-1 Hall of Famers. Dragon Promotions has announced their ballot list for this year's nominees, and it includes Alan Hopkins, Nick Farner, and Bobby Hunter in the greatest greatest player category. So, you know, you can send them your vote and help uh, make that happen if you want to, if you're a fan of that game. And just so you know, they're also going to uh, be honoring Willie Moscone, the king of 14-1 at this year's uh, event. So it's only going to be a couple of weeks away, July 13th through the 19th. So, you know, keep your eyes peeled for that. It'll be streamed on AZBTV. So if you want to find out some more about that, go to worldstraightpool.com. And what else is happening? You know, we want the juniors to make it happen. Right around the corner this coming week, July the 1st through the 4th, our junior Team USA heading over the Atlantic to Austria to go battle it out with the juniors of Europe. You guys, man, this is going to be a great event, going to be some great pool going on. And, uh, wow, you know, this is the first time in history anything like this has ever happened. So, you know what, I'm pretty excited, and you should be too. Um, We've got another one of the junior team members on the show tonight, Mr. Drake Niepater of uh, Illinois. And uh, we talked to him a little bit more get to know him a little bit better and see what he's expecting to have happen when he gets over there across the pond. So stick around to, for that. But first, we're going to kick it all off with your one-minute pool instructor for this week. Hi, I'm Scott Lee. And this is Randy G. And welcome to the One Minute Pool Instructor. Well, here's a topic, Scott, that uh, is dear to our heart. It is. Joe Tucker. What a great guy. Oh, yeah. Great instructor. And we ought to know because we've taught with him, haven't we? Not only have we taught with him, I've I've bought his instructional stuff. I just love everything Joe does. I'll tell you, he's done uh, some amazing things. And that racking secrets thing, that's some some great information. How how many years do you have to go to put that together? Well, and who else has done that? Nobody. And and what's what's Joe doing these days? Well, that's 
That's the thing. I don't think he's teaching very much. <laughs> he's got a new situation out here called the American Rotation. Yeah. It is perhaps, now listen to this, it's perhaps the finest pool game I've ever played in the 53 years I've played pool. Wow, that's saying something. It, it is the most fairest, honest, practical, uh, it has everything involved in it, safety play, uh, offense, defense, uh, it's an amazing game. Well, and as I understand it, it's really a way for the really, really good local player to be able to still work their job and have an opportunity to play at a really high level, qualify for a national tournament, and actually get paid to go there. Oh, I think you hit it on the head. Uh, first of all, I played in one of the very first prototype leagues that Joe Tucker and, and Don Owen uh, put together, and Mark Griffin's involved in that too. But uh, you know, I fell in love with uh, the rotation game immediately and the rules. Um, and, and I think, see, it's not a league where you play every Tuesday night or every mm -hmm. Wednesday. It's a, uh, a free league where you call your opponent and get, you got a week to get a match in. You can play it at your place, my place, or Joe's place. Uh, it doesn't have to be in a pool no, room. No, and it doesn't necessarily. It's on nine-foot tables, but... Um, well, you can play in your home. Yeah, and that's the neat part about it. Um, I think Joe's got something really good here. He's trying to establish 64 houses across the United States, each house to sponsor 10 players. And that'd be great. And in, in, in that, then, there's, there's advancements into regionals and, mm -hmm. and finals, and, and there's money involved. Um, well, I watched him do what the, the latest uh, final at the Derby City in uh, uh, Louisville. In, Mike DeShane won yes, again. Yes, again. <laughs> yeah, we, sent, we sent one of our better players over there, Mr. Amos Bush. Mm -hmm. and, and, uh, although I'm sure he held his own, he came back saying, wow, you know, <laughs> they're a different pay skill than he is. Yeah, but, Mike, uh, Mike's a really good yeah, player. So I would go for anybody who played Mike DeShane. So anybody out there who is really seriously looking to promote the game, Joe Tucker, and, and where do we go to find Joe Tucker out there? He's got his own website. Uh, it's joetucker.net. joetucker.net. I like that. And I'm sure he's got some information on there about American Rotation. I believe that they're in the process of coming up with their own website. So before you and I ruin it then, <laughs> let's just let our people go to joetucker.net. Well, you can certainly contact Joe, and, and uh, he's he's been traveling around the country a lot uh, lately uh, promoting uh, this this. Uh, league and, and I think it's just the greatest thing because it really gives the better players a place to go now. Because you know what? The way the tournament structure is these days, if you're too good they won't let you play. That's hardly fair. Uh, I've never had that problem. <laughs> well, there are those tournaments out there that say they say no pros or no open level or no A players or however you want to uh, legitimize your skill. And, and the idea here is that you can be any level player from an elite pro to just a, a weekend warrior. And it allows you uh, to work a full-time job and support your family and yet still maintain your passion for the game you love and to build your skill level to the point where you can compete. And maybe, maybe, Randy, this just might turn into a real pro tour. Well, you want to know something? I think it's going to. I My sure opinion so. is it will be the real pro tour and then, from what I understand, once they establish the professional part of it, the amateurs now get a chance to play the same game at their level. You bet. 
Wow, how strong is that? And remember, the game is fantastic. It's a great game. So what is it? JoeTucker.net? JoeTucker.net. All right. For a one-minute pool instructor, I'm Scott Lee. I'm Randy G. And we'll see you on American Billiard Radio. Okay, everybody, we're back, and I'm talking to Mr. Drake Niepater of, um, let's see, what is it, Albers? Is that how you pronounce it? Albers, Illinois? Yeah. Okay, Albers, Illinois, and he's uh, one of the team members for uh, the United States for the Atlantic Challenge Cup. How are you doing today, Drake? I'm doing good, you? I'm doing be- not too bad, actually. Uh, you know, were you at home for all the storms that came through the other day? Uh, yeah, actually I was. It rained for like a week. Yeah, it's been raining like crazy mad. We keep getting these uh, summer storms over and over again. And uh, I I think, what was it, day before yesterday, we had uh, like nine tornadoes in one day. It was uh, it was unreal. But uh, anyway, so now you're over in, uh, in Indiana uh, getting together with the team. Is everybody there yet? Uh, yeah, we've all been here for two days, and so has uh, Johnny Archer came with us, too. Okay, cool. And what have you guys been working on so far? Um, about everything. About, <laughs> uh, Socializing. Like, how we go into the match mentally, um, lagging, breaking, playing scotch doubles, uh, playing some singles matches against some good players from around the area, that kind of thing. Okay, cool, cool. That sounds like fun. If um, if you don't mind, tell us a little bit uh, about your background. Uh, how long have you been playing? Um, well, I've been playing pool for r- roughly five to six years. Okay. Uh, I started because when I moved to Albers, uh, well, I, st- I started playing soccer and basketball, but eventually I... Uh, had a condition where I couldn't play anymore. Okay. And uh, my dad bought a pool table for the house. And, I mean, at first I really didn't like it. Um, so I'd never played for like the whole two or three years we had it. And then when I got hurt, well, I mean, I got bored all the time, so I just started hitting balls. And he used, he was, used to be a pretty good player, so he started teaching me some things, and I've been playing ever since. Mm, okay. Cool. So you guys, you still have the table at the house then? Yep. Okay. So you're able to you're able to practice as much as much as you have time for, basically, huh? Yeah. Okay. Excellent. Now you are. Um, let's see. You just did. You just finish your freshman year at Lindenwood. Yeah. Freshman okay. year. Now, how is that? How are you liking the program there so far? Oh, I love it. It's a great program and. We all have a lot of fun and learn a lot. Yeah. I think, um, well, and I'll give you a, an opportunity to say something nice about Mark Wilson. <laughs> what do you think What do you think about Mark as a coach? Uh, he's, uh, he knows so much about the game, so he has so much to offer and knowledge, and he will, for sure, if you come to Linwood, improve your game. Yeah. And mine, I've only been there for a year, and he noticed and everyone else noticed a huge uh like, I don't know, different, like, aspects of my game that got, like, 
a lot more consistent and better. Sure. And uh, he's a really fun guy, but when it's time to be like serious practice, uh, he can be serious too. So that's good. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was the impression that I was getting is that he takes that program very seriously, and it's not just about the pool. He wants you to be good students, you know, as well. So I think that's a good thing. Yeah. Keep your keep your uh, you know studies in check and everything else like that. What's um What's your favorite? Do you have a favorite part of the game of playing? Do you like to compete more? I mean, what's what's what drives you to do better? To do better? Yeah. What's your favorite part? Uh, what do you like? My favorite part of the game, or yeah, yeah. What's your favorite part about playing pool? Um. Oh, that's a hard question. I just like, <laughs> I don't know. I just, I just love it. I just like to play it and uh, make it see how... Uh, um, you like the challenge I don't know, of I, it? I, ever since I've, yeah, ever since I've been little, I mean, I've been watching like better players, uh, like champions and stuff, so I, I like to see, like, as, play as much as possible so I can try to get closer to their level, I guess, and mm-hmm. that's what drives me. Do you have, um, is there any particular players that you, you feel like, uh, I don't want to necessarily say role models, but uh, favorites, I guess, that you like to watch? Oh, yeah, for sure. Justin Bergman and Nick Varner. Okay. Yeah, I uh, I read where you got to play against Bergman at the Derby Cup, or uh, Durban Cup. Um, did you play against Nick, too? Yeah, I played against Nick. Okay, okay. How did you uh, fare with uh, Justin? Did you beat him? <laughs> um, I beat Nick, but uh, I never played Justin in the cup. Oh, okay. I saw something about it online. I thought that uh, you guys ended up playing. Okay. I played Justin in some bigger tournaments, but no, not the cup. Okay, okay, gotcha. All right, that might have been it. I might have mixed up my headlines. All right, well, that's cool. Are you friends with um, most of the guys on the team, or most of the people, guys and girls, that are on the team with you? I mean, now I am, but before, the only person I knew was Nick Evans, and we've been great friends for a long time, so yeah. that was nice. Okay, cool. Yeah, Nick's a good guy. I, I talked to him. I don't know if you heard the uh, the show last week, but we talked to him and, uh, and uh, what's-her-face, um, Larson, April. <laughs> I yeah. I, uh, I mix her up with Taylor <laughs> all the time. Um, cool. So, um what I have, I've asked, I asked April and I asked Nick. I'm going to ask you the same question. What do you think is your strong suit? What are you bringing to the team? Confidence. Confidence. All right, that's a good answer. <laughs> that's a good answer. I'm very, I'm very confident we're going to win. Oh, good. Hey, that's even better. That's even better, man. It's, and that's important. You know, there has been some discussions online on AZ Billiards lately about how important confidence is in the game if you're playing. you If you are constantly second-guessing yourself, then that can really, you know, hamper your ability to play. It's so confidence yeah, is very, sure. it's very important. I would, it's a, a valuable asset. So uh, let's see, what else can I ask you? Um, do you know... Uh, well, I guess, have you ever met in competition any of the European team players? 
no, I, I, all the older ones on the, the older Mops Money Cup, I've played most of them, but never on the younger ones. Mm, okay, okay. Now, have you played any international tournaments before? Mm, no, only pro tournaments in the States. Okay, okay. So, yeah, this will be an interesting uh, trip for you. Is this the first time that you've ever been to Europe? Um, oh, yeah. First time I've ever been out of the country, really. I've been on a cruise ship one time, but that yeah. really doesn't count. Yeah, not yeah. technically, yeah, not so much. But, uh, yeah, so this is going to be I, – I don't want to scare you because, you know, that's not my intention. But I think you're going to have a blast, obviously, just being able to go over there and see everything and experience what it's like to just be in a completely foreign place. That That is really going to be one of those, uh, you know, trips you never forget. So um, most certainly I hope that you guys can all keep your heads together. You know what I mean? Uh, it's uh, traveling and the time change, just that alone can kind of wreak havoc on your senses as far as, you know, wherewithal. Are you guys going to try to change your sleeping patterns before you go just to be used to the time changes? Uh, I don't think so, no. Okay. I know that Wilson had uh, he had the uh, uh, Moscone Cup team do that last year where they tried to adjust their sleep patterns prior to leaving to try to get, you know, to be avoid the jet lag thing a little bit. But uh, I don't even know what the time difference is between us and Europe, honestly. Yeah, you know, I don't know every place. I don't know how the I don't know what Central European time is specifically, but I know that there is uh, people that we talk to in England, for example, that are about I want to say six hours ahead, six or eight hours ahead, something like that. So I'm uh, guessing, yeah, I'm guessing it's going to be somewhere in that neighborhood, about six or eight maybe hours or so. So it might yeah. it might be. Uh, where it's like four o'clock ish in the United States, it might be eleven p.m. already in uh, in parts of Europe. But I'm gonna have to check that out. Do you know? Have they told you if the matches are going to be streamed or broadcast? Do I know who told me? Or no? Do they? Do you know if they are at all? Oh yeah, it's on ESPN two on TV. Oh, it is gonna be on ESPN two. Yes. Oh wow, that's fantastic! I was not aware of that. Um, somebody had told me there was going to be a website that you could go to, but I didn't know ESPN. That's great. That is yep. great. Are you going to be able to take any of your family members with you? Yes, my dad's going. Okay, excellent. That's good. That's good. That'll be good to have some family with you. Uh, wow. Yeah, that would make a huge difference. I wouldn't want to have to go alone if that was my first trip overseas like that. That's a big deal. Wow, I'm excited about this ESPN thing. Dang, you you, you taught oh, me yeah. you, you taught me something today. That's outstanding. I can't even wait to watch it now. Um. Okay. So your official prediction? Are you guys you're you're confident that you're going to win? Uh. Yeah. We're all playing. <laughs> uh, yeah. We're all playing good, and uh, I mean, I think well, if I think you have to, if we're going to have like. Uh, because Europe, they always over there. They pro they do practice like a lot harder than Americans. Because they start when they're from like five years old. Yeah. So, but I think with we're gonna because we have fun with it too. So, sure. I don't know. I feel like we're just. 
I don't know what the word is for it. But I just think we're, I, I honestly think we're going to win. You're just driven. That's what you guys are. You're driven. You're driven. And I, and I just have had, uh, I've played in so many, like, tough tournaments, and I've played, like, the best players, like, ever to live, and I've seemed to play fine so far, so I don't know why it would change. Yeah, well, I saw that you were um, you already signed up for the U.S. Eight Ball Open for this year. And ten ball, or eight and ten ball too. Okay, excellent. Um, yep. h- how many titles do you have so far? How many uh, you know tournament wins do you got so far? Um, I never got like a first place or anything yet, but uh, okay. the best place so far in a huge tournament was uh, my favorite one was probably I got twentieth or twenty fifth place. Out of 419 players in Derby City in the Banks Division. Wow! And I and I had to play like uh, players like uh, Earl Strickland, Billy Thorpe, Neil Spann, and a ton more. Wow! You played in the Banks, really? Yeah. Wow! Yep. That's pretty impressive, man. That is pretty impressive. I, I'd have to give you a high five for that because uh, that's a different uh, caliber of player that takes on the Banks. It really is. That's not. That's just not your run-of-the-mill nine ball. So, props to you for that. Do you um, do you have any other hobbies that you like to engage in other than pool? Well, I mean, I wouldn't really call it like. I mean, I just started this summer uh, learning how to golf, man. Mm-hmm. Um, not really good yet, but it's fun. No, that's okay. I stink too. I am no good at golf. I'll be the first person to tell you. When I go out on the golf course, we have to hand out safety goggles and helmets to everybody so that some <laughs> so somebody doesn't get hurt. <laughs> um, yeah. Golf, that's it. You don't, uh, you know, um, crochet or, or make quilts or anything like that. <laughs> no, 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 no. Nothing like that. Okay. Um, let's see. What else did I ask? Um, I asked Nick. Do you have a driver's license? Yeah, I'm 19. Okay, I know. I'm I'm just messing with you. Um, oh. <laughs> let's see. Have you um, have you um, do you know what you want to do as far as a career is concerned? Other than uh, well, other than play pool, you know. Well, as of right now, the goal is to get. Um, I'm getting a minor in business. Okay. And majoring in psychology. So I can do drug counseling, but um, when I first get my degrees in a few years or wherever the date is, I'm going to take off two years after college just to uh, play pool and see how it goes. Yeah, there and you try go. To, like, because I have I have like a lot of good sponsorships going for me right now. Uh, two people that just uh, got me on board, so excellent. I'm hoping to keep them for a while. Yeah, I like that idea of taking a couple of years to play. I hope. I hope for your sake and for the whole pool industry's sake that uh, we get an upswing of some high-quality tournaments. You know how it's the tournament scene is a little kind of sketchy right now. You really, yeah. you really got to stay at the top of the list to make decent money, which makes it worth the time involved for the practicing and the traveling and all that other kind of stuff. So hopefully uh, we'll see more professional pool. Uh, here in the near future that would be really good hopefully on a big table too yeah that's true do you prefer the large tables or the bar tables oh yeah 
Large sure. Size. I don't like bar tables at all. I think it's too much of a an equalizer and it's too much about the break now. It's not about who can run balls or safety, yeah. nothing like that. It's just break, run out, run out. That's yeah. what everyone does. I agree with you. I agree with you. It's, uh, it, yeah, no, it, it's, and there, some people are going to get mad at me for saying this, but you're right. It, it does make the game easier for the people that have a short game. Um, you know, the longer shots and the longer sets are where it's at. If it was up to me, I, I think every all professional pools should be played on 10-foot tables. And so, oh, for sure. you know, that's just my own personal preference. But, uh, you know, like I said, that's not what everybody doesn't think that way. So, oh, well. Um, what else? I was just going to ask you. Um, do you have a favorite game that you like to play? One Pocket. One Pocket. Oh, wow. Okay, cool. Very good, very good. All right, well, if you get over... Have you been to Chicago area at all? I've been all over, but yeah, I was there not too long ago. Okay, so have you been to uh, Red Shoes? I've been to all of them. Okay, excellent. Yeah, Red Shoes is a great place to play Banks and One Pocket, if you're ever in the they area. Got a, they have a few good players that I know from around that area. Yeah, yeah, they do. They do. They most certainly do. We don't have uh, nearly as many ha- good halls as we used to, but there is still a handful of them that are that are really really nice. Um, let's see, what else can I ask you? Do you have a, a dog or a cat? I have one cat. You have one. And her cat. name is Dixie. Dixie. Okay, I like that. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, whistling Dixie. Ah, that's too funny. Now, are you originally from Illinois? Were you born in Illinois? Uh, yeah, I was born in Centralia. Okay, okay, there you go. All right, well, all right, we'll let you stay then, since you were <laughs> since you were born in Illinois. That's all right. Can't have any, uh, you know, have any Yankees in the in the ranks. Um, <laughs> well, I think that about wraps it up, man. You want to go ahead and give a shout out to uh, your friends or family or your sponsors and uh, say hi to them. Uh, yeah, I'll shout out to my mom and dad and all my friends and family for. All the support and uh, Durban Custom Cues, uh, ActionHound.com, and Tracy Whitney, owner of High Pockets. Okay. Those are my three main sponsors. Excellent. Thanks, everyone. Yeah, that's awesome. And I want to thank them, too, uh, because obviously we like to see the juniors out playing. We want to see more of it. And uh, I guess I'll just wish you guys the best of luck, man. Um, You know, do your best. We'll still be proud of you either way, but uh, we'd certainly like to see you come home with that cup to teach the, uh, the the Moscone Cup team a lesson about how it's done. You know, so yeah, <laughs> that'll be that'll be good. Some good bragging rights that you guys can take there. Um, have fun with Jeanette and Johnny and and uh, Mark and all those guys. And uh, hey, you know, maybe after you guys win, we'll have you back on the show so that you can brag about it some more. Sweet. Sounds good to me. <laughs> All right, man. Best of luck to you. Right. And uh, take, Thank you. Yeah. Take care. We'll talk to you soon. Hello, 
everybody. Welcome to another episode of American Billiard Radio. I'm Mike Howerton. I'm joined this week by a special guest, man of all trades, Mr. Pat Fleming from AccuStats Productions. Pat, how you doing? I'm doing great, Mike. Thank you. Uh, you've got to be busy getting ready for your Make It Happen this weekend. Yeah, the tournament for everybody starts on Thursday, but for me it started months ago, and uh, it's been a a real task, but it always is, and uh, I expect it. Well, can you tell us a little bit about what goes into preparing for something like this? Well, the production costs, and that is, you know, the prize money, paying the players uh, airfare and their hotel and guaranteed money and getting a staff there to stream it. Uh, it's about $45,000. AccuStats isn't in a position to just post $45,000 and have a tournament like that. And uh, there's a, a lack of sponsorships. I mean, everybody is asking these same sponsors over and over again. So, you know, it's difficult to, you know, solicit monies from them. So I thought of offering a package rather than asking for donations and offer an attractive package to our customers. And uh, one that is valuable whether they, you know, went to the tournament or not. And uh, so that's what I did. I offered an attractive package uh, for $300 and, uh, you know, hoping to get up to 150 people. And, uh, and although we don't reach that number, we get high enough where Accusets puts in some money and we're very happy with the results. Now, your event coming up is One Pocket. Uh, is One Pocket... I mean, I'm, does it have that niche audience built in? I mean, do you do better with one pocket events than your other make it happen events, or am I just crazy? AccuStats' most popular discipline is one pocket. So, one pocket is our our most popular make it happen tournament. I, I wonder. Yes. There's still a large number of of pay-per-view type matches going on out there. There was the there was the Scott and Alex match. There, right. it, you know, it seems like every other weekend there's some sort of challenge match. Do you think that the number of matches out there like that does that hurt you or? And I don't mean hurt you, but I mean, right. do you think that hurts your your audience numbers or do you think that? I mean, let's face it, when it comes to video, it's been said that any 12-year-old can stream a pool match, but what you're doing is much more complicated than just streaming a match. I mean, you're still the the Efren Reyes of, of streaming matches. I mean, does it matter to you? Well, uh, no, I, I don't think so. I think that uh, our production value uh, and the level of players that we bring in, for instance, uh, we're bringing in six superstar one-pocket players. Unlike a traditional tournament where you might have 64 players and you have early rounds of weaker players playing each other and then eventually the last day you've got all these superstars playing each other. We have that going every match. So what's unique about ours is that every match is 
like a finals match, which everyone likes the most. And what's also different is unlike a long session of one complete day, two, three, or four, like the last one, uh, they get a more variety. So there are people that like long sessions. There are people that like a variety of players of all different skill levels. And then there's a group that like the top players playing each other. So the combination of that format for us and the production value with cameramen moving cameras and graphics and, and all that I think that it's a good value for them, so I don't think it hurts our sales. And now you've talked about production. I've seen from past tournaments that we were both at, you know, I've seen the booth that mm -hmm. you run things from, and a lot of your production takes place in real time in that booth where you're switching cameras and you're, you're putting up graphics and all that. Yeah. Beyond that, what is involved in post-production before you have a finished DVD that you can send out to somebody after the tournament is over? Well, unlike, let's say, uh, ESPN that might tape two or three matches, they might use an assorted number of cameras, and then in post-production, they'll spend lots of time editing it because they didn't do live switching because they didn't have to. They only have three matches. But in Accustats, you know, we might be doing between 16 and 40 matches. So we don't have time to do all that kinds of editing. So we do it live. We do this live switching. We do the live graphics. And then after that's all done, the only thing that really has to be done is to maybe take out the player breaks you know, they might take a five or ten minute break. We'll take that out. And then we'll have some opening and, and closing credits. But basically, the, uh, the bulk of it is done as soon as the match is over, including the commentary. That's not done in post either. So we're, we're, we're kind of proud of what we do. And, uh, and I think that considering... Uh, everything else that's out there, um, it's well worth it to our consumers. Well, I, I mean, definitely. Uh, AccuStats is still, at least in my opinion, and, and I believe in the opinion of most people out there in the billiards industry, uh, you guys are still the the absolute tops when it comes to, to streaming video. I mean, again, anybody can do it, but it's... Right there is so much more that goes into streaming a tournament or streaming a match that you guys do than, than anyone else. And you've been doing it for the longest amount of time. And of course we have something that we have to, uh, in production value, we sell some of our programming to, uh, Fox international, which was formerly ESPN star. And those are companies in Asia that distribute our programming throughout Asia. It's very popular there, unlike the United States, which is less popular. So we have a commitment to them to give them TV-quality product. So uh, that's also a reason that uh, it is that quality. Is there a market in Asia for one pocket? Yes, they'll take anything AccuStats produces. They love our work. 
Wow. Because yep. yep. the, the opinion at one time was that if you wanted to sell video over there, mm-hmm. it had to... It had to involve either the absolute top players, the Efrens, the Earls of the world, or it had to involve Asian players. Is that not the case anymore? Uh, No, it's not the case. Uh, From what we've given them, they've been very happy. And, of course, we have a shot clock. And uh, that is critical, especially in one pocket. Uh, Although we use a 45-second or a 60-second clock, um, the match is going to be a lot quicker and more enjoyable for a viewer. Uh, of course, there are hardcore one-pocket players that do- don't mind, you know, somebody taking two or three minutes on a shot. But in general, uh, that's not one of the things that television wants. So we implement a clock, and it's a fair clock. They don't have to shoot by the end of the time. They just have to be addressing the cue ball. So then they can relax concentrate, go do, do whatever they do in their head, and then shoot when they're ready. So the clock is uh, less of, a, of a, a problem than some people think. And you've worked with all these players before. Uh, I mean, do, do they understand why the shot clock is in effect? Do you get pushback from them? No, nobody. Not yet. Good. Nobody. Yeah. Well, I shouldn't say nobody. There was one player, that uh, one pocket player, that said, I, I can't shoot that fast. I really have to think about it. But other than that one player, uh, no one has objected. And of course, considering the Make It Happen tournaments, they have no expense. They're not arriving at a tournament $2,000 in the hole and hoping to make their expenses and then start making money. With the Make It Happen tournaments, their airfare is paid, their hotel is paid, they're guaranteed money, and they're going to win money with every win. So there's few complaints. And and I don't know the logistics of every streamer out there, but I can't imagine that an offer like that is common. Uh, I don't think these guys' phones are, are ringing off the hook with streamers offering to cover all that. I don't know of any. <laughs> I know. Uh, the, uh, yeah. How about the, the Moscone Cup? They cover everything. Right. <laughs> they guarantee right. players' money. But other than that tournament, I don't know of any tournament that doesn't. You know, maybe a challenge match that could happen. You know, if the if a promoter wants these two players and is willing to pay them too, but but to have a whole tournament with every, all their expenses paid for everybody, uh, I don't think it. Uh, I don't know of anybody that does it. No. So this weekend, I say weekend when it's Thursday through Sunday, um, it's a six-man tournament, round robin, and now the first four players were chosen by the fans who were involved or, quote-unquote, making this event happen. Right. They they bought a package, and they, uh, they were allowed to vote for up to four players. And they voted for... And uh, Alex Pagelion, Efren Reyes, Shane Van Boning, and Scott Frost. And I chose two players even before the vote and invited Justin Hall and Danny Smith. Uh, they were getting a lot of hype and, uh, 
and uh, they were being rated very well as some of the youngest players, uh, great one-pocket players. So rather than uh, – I was afraid that each make-it-happen event would have the same players constantly and not giving these young superstars a chance because they don't have the reputation yet, although they have the skill level. And so every tournament now, uh, I invite a couple, and then the uh, supporters will vote for the others. Now, the package that was offered to fans, is that the same package, or is it is it a package of levels, or, or how does that work? Well, this is our sixth Make It Happen tournament, and five of them were consistent at $300 packages. Um, one of them did have levels. We experimented a little bit, but it didn't, it didn't really work out that well. We had a, a three, four and a $500 package. It was a longer tournament and we, we just offered different packages, but, uh, that, that didn't work out as well. So the package we have now seems to be the right one. Okay. And I mean, obviously the players have already been chosen. So someone who wanted to get involved has has the window is closed on that, but people can still contact you to purchase the streaming and and what all is involved in that package. Well, they can still order the package, the three hundred dollar package. Heck, they can order the package after the tournament's over. <laughs> of course, you know they won't be able to see the event uh, live because it's over, but. Uh, the package includes, uh, if you go there, we'll give you free admission, you know, and it's $40 a day if you're not. Uh, of course, uh, you'll be getting the streaming also for all four days. That's free, and that's $60. And then all the DVDs, that's worth about $300. And then a signed photo, which is priceless, as I said. And then a commemorative shirt or mug, and then a $1,000 contest. So, it's a really nice package if someone, you know, loves one pocket and, you know, can afford the package. And and if you don't buy the package, of course, now you can you can still view it on the internet, or you can go to the site if there's any room for seats, and you can pay you know forty dollars a day to watch. And when you refer to the site, uh, you're at Sandcastle Billiards? Sandcastle Billiards in Edison, New Jersey. Ed Ladawi is the the, uh, room owner, and he's just done everything over the years for AccuStats that was ever needed. So we really appreciate him. And he does the same thing for players, too. I mean, he's just a gracious host, and he's got a nice room. Now, I'm imagining, I'm guessing the answer to this is no, but... Have you ever had the fans choose a player and you contact that player and the player say no for whatever reason? Uh, yes. Yes. There was uh, one event where a player couldn't make it. He had other commitments. There was a player in the Far East and uh, he had exhibitions or something and he just couldn't get out of it. Makes sense. But normally I have players calling asking if they could be invited well, of course. That's the, that's the norm. <laughs> right. In in yeah. this pool economy, I would imagine you have quite a yeah. few players contacting you like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I feel bad when some, I think, are going to do well and they just don't get enough votes and they're real close. I mean, Shannon Dalton missed by a couple of votes this tournament, and uh, so did uh, Darren Appleton. 
and then the rest of the field was pretty far behind. But uh, those two guys were so close, uh, you know, you feel bad telling them that you didn't make it. Is Efren still, I mean, of course, everyone loves Efren. Was he your top vote-getter? No, Alex was. Oh, okay. Yep. Well, he's he's developed quite a a group of fans too, with yeah, you know, for good reason. Following. <laughs> Did you get to watch any of the uh, Alex Scott match that took place? No, I was working at the studio twelve hours a day and never got a chance to see any of it. Heard it was a great match, though. In my opinion, and I think in the opinion of a number of of people who watch One Pocket and. Don't get me wrong, I watch a fair amount of amateur level one pocket here in Arizona, but I don't spend an awful lot of time watching the pros. But it seems to me that, at least right now, Alex is the best one pocket player in the country. It appears that way. Well, I mean, I guess you have yeah. to be to, to, to yeah. beat Scott like that. Well, plus to dominate at the Derby City Classic like he did. I mean, that was, that was unbelievable. But, you know, even with, uh, you know, Efren has talked about how his eyes are going and, mm-hmm. you know, he had the surgery. But, you know, one pocket does seem like the game that he would still have the best chance at, at performing at, at Efren levels. And how would you be surprised if he won the Make It Happen tournament? No. I might be surprised if he won it right now, but really? I suspect he'll do well. Yeah. All right, well, um, again, it's accu-stats.com for people who want to check this out. It's this Thursday, which this show will come out on Thursday. Um, okay. Alex Efren, Shane Scott, Justin Hall, Danny Smith, mm-hmm. uh, races to three? That is correct. Yep. And it's round robin, so everybody plays everybody, and every yep. match is on the stream, right? That is correct. And who do you have in the box doing commentary? Uh, Bill and Cardona, and Danny DiLiberto. The voices of AccuStats. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, want to shift gears a little bit. Now, you're also involved with the U.S. Open, and that's starting to uh, starting to inch closer and closer. How are preparations going for that? Well, it's four months away, and considering last year, uh, Barry Berman, the promoter, didn't start soliciting you know, players until... July sometime, so we're we're a little ahead of the game. Although we uh, we have I think five Americans entered, and we have five foreigners that have committed, and we're processing their stuff now. And so, ten players right now, and uh, a lot of players are waiting for July 25. You know, to find out if. Uh, Barry Berman has come up with the $75,000 added. And, of course, that's why I ended up getting involved in it because, as we all know, there's been some problems paying the players on time in, in other years. And, uh, actually, you know, some people thought Barry would be upset, but he's more than happy that I'm taking care of this. He says, boy, I hate taking care of that. Thank God you're doing it. So. <laughs> We've we've talked in the past about how originally your idea for AccuStats was to keep statistics on matches, and right. you just yep. kind of 
fortuitously discovered that people like to watch uh, the videos. <laughs> right. Did yeah. you ever think that you would be handling the escrowing of money for the U.S. Open? No. No, no. that was... Barry called me when he found out that the WPA uh, was not sanctioning his tournament. So in a panic, he called me and saying, what am I going to do? And I might have to cancel my tournament. You know, I need the foreign players. And so I made, I said, look, let me make some calls and see how serious that is. Is it a threat or is it set in stone? And uh, I made some calls, and after some negotiations, and uh, it was decided that if someone else, specifically me, uh, handled all the the monies, the added money, and the entry fees, and made the payments, the uh, the prize money payments, then uh, it could be sanctioned. And so, as of now, provided that Barry does add 75000 by July 25, uh, it will be sanctioned by the WPA as a Tier 2 event. And uh, AccuStats will, of course, well, has a Bank of America account now that all the monies received from the VIP seating and regular seating and sponsorship, that money goes into that account. And uh, all the entry fees go into that account. And at the end of the tournament, I'm the only one that can write a check. So um, it's it's a good system. And Jim Fredericks, who uh, is my partner here, uh, he's very involved in that part. He was a former banker. And, uh, you know, he knows all the ins and outs of how to handle money and, and accounts. So uh, he's been indispensable. Well, now we talked about what is involved in you streaming a match and and yeah. the production and everything mm-hmm. i mean the us open is 7 days it seems to me that oh okay right it seems to me that you're probably just as tired after 6 days as some of the players are who who advance deep into the tournament and now you've you've got to worry about writing checks and and that sort of thing i mean or or is jim handling the majority of that well, Jim is handling uh, the money as it comes in and doing the accounting of uh, the expenses. You know, there's the accounts cost money to have, you know, and there's fees when people pay by credit card. And he's handling all of that. Um, my job is to uh, communicate to the players, especially foreign players and any players that have any questions, I handle that. He handles the uh, Jim handles the finances, and then at the tournament, the money is in an account, and there's a total of let's say 183,000 or 188,000, whatever the number is, and then it's easy. I'm just looking who gets paid and when do they get paid. So that part should be easy. The hard part is now. Now you said July 25th was. July 25th is the date where Barry has committed to having $75,000 in added money. That's money in addition to the prize fund, the entry fees. At that point, if he has 75000 then it is sanctioned by the WPA as a Tier 2 event. It gives foreign players a certain amount of points for attending. 
and uh, and it'll be done. It'll be a sanctioned event, and it will go off as one. Now, people say, well, what if he doesn't have the 75,000? Well, let's say he has 50,000 or 55,000. Then I communicate with the WPA and say, well, I talked with Barry, and he can't get the 75,000 up. This is all he could do. And then they'll say, okay, now it's a sanction, and now it's a level three tournament if he does want to have it sanctioned. And then Barry has to make the decision, does he want a level three or doesn't he? And then the decision of to have the tournament at all would be uh, up to Barry. And, and for listeners who are not familiar with the different tiers of WPA events and myself, uh, what are the differences between those different tiers? I do not know. I only know that Barry said I needed a Tier 2 event to give these foreign players the points that they would need to come to America. I don't know what points are available for Tier 3 or Tier 1. I think Tier 1 is like World Tournaments, $100,000 added. And... Uh, Tier three, I think, is fifty thousand added, and um, but I don't know what value it is. Each each tier is for the players. Okay, and I assume you're in rather constant communication with Barry. Oh yes. Um, is everything as far as you know? On right schedule? now, we're we're very happy with the way things are going. Ticket sales are good. Uh, committed sponsors uh, are good um, and we suspect that by July 25th he, he very well could have that 75,000 now amongst other things that that have, are changing for this year's US Open there's a new venue right oh great venue great venue it's a Sheraton in, in the heart of Norfolk and there's a million things to do so uh, unlike some tournaments where you go to the tournament and then what do you do? You might be able to go out, get something to eat, and then go to the hotel. But uh, there's lots of sightseeing to do. I mean, this is a this is a traveler's paradise, you know, a vacation paradise. Have you looked at the layout for the arena? Oh, indeed, and it's a it's similar to the convention center. It's gigantic. I, I think it's a little smaller than convention center, but bigger than any other hotels we've been at. And uh, the, uh, the arena, the TV arena, is going to be centered in the room just like it was at the convention center. And there should be, uh, I think, four tables on each side. And uh, very good seating. Uh, and everything is uh, looking real good. Everything is looking real good. The hotel is doing everything in its power to make sure this thing comes off as a success. And I know there were complaints in the past about about seating at the open and yep. and I know you know when when the tournament was held in the multiple rooms that was kind of a nightmare for the fans. There's <laughs> there's none of that going on this year. That is correct. Yeah. Uh the seating looks great. It's they've got a taller ceiling so you can have risers that are higher. And that's what he's doing. And uh, I don't think there's going to be a seating problem at all. There's more VIP seats, and uh, like I say, the taller ceiling made all the difference in the world. No one's going to be hitting their head on the ceiling or a camera or anything. So, 
Yeah, the hotel is a great hotel. Okay, and July 25th, I mean, assuming that Barry, you know, Barry comes together with, you know, the 75,000 comes together July 25th, you feel that kind of that's when everything will ramp up. Yeah, I think he'll get more sponsors and he'll get uh, more entry fees and more spectators to come. Right. Yeah. Okay, well, um, I will look forward to talking to you again around the 25th. I can't wait to hear <laughs> how things come together for that. Okay. Again, um, stats.com this weekend, starting on the 25th. Uh, even if you're listening to this after the 28th and you already know who won the, the Make It Happen One Pocket, uh, you still have the opportunity to go to the website and order the DVDs and mm -hmm. if you're listening to this uh, before the event's over you can go and watch the stream uh, I'll be looking forward to watching it I don't watch an awful lot of One Pocket but I'm looking forward to seeing this uh, Pat I appreciate you taking time away from your busy schedule to talk to us today well thanks for taking your time Mike <laughs> alright everybody that's it we will talk to you next week I'm Mike Howerton on American Billiard Radio bye bye